Mindset is a word that is getting used so much that it is losing its meaning. You need to have a positive mindset. You need you need to have a growth mindset. It's all about your mindset. It's starting to to mean uh, precious little. And so one of the things I want to start with is to actually come up with a better definition than what we would even have in the dictionary. The dictionary says something like, mindset is the way of thinking, which tells you nothing. And so I want to offer this as an alternative definition. Mindset is a set of sentences put together that are stories that we tell ourselves inside of our head. And if that's true, then there is a way in coaching that you can craft better stories and better sentences. And that's what we're here to talk about. My name is Spencer Nix. This is the Behavior and Performance Research Podcast, where we dig into the art of radical health and athlete design. And today, we're going to get into one tool and two exercises that you can start to coach mindset with. I call this cognitive coaching. And so in this short episode, let's get into it. The tool is very fancy. It is a journal. <laughs> a journal and a pen are nothing digital. It's nothing uh, revolutionary, but I believe it is an essential tool. And here's why your brain is capable of having simultaneous thoughts at the same time. One of the reasons that we procrastinate, one of the reasons that we struggle with perfectionism is that in our head, we can have multiple images of different courses of action at the same time. That means to actually do something physically is to rob us of one of those potentialities, and that's really hard. Journaling along the same train of thought is an action-based activity. It is trapping and it's capturing things that are going on in here. And by simply putting them on paper, it allows you to create traction, change, and do something with this swirling bit of language and jargon that's inside your brain. Now, what I'm advocating is not what you think journaling typically is. Typically, journaling is described as like a, dear diary, dear diary, today I went and I had, co that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm telling you to do. This process is about three things. It's about drafting down the things that are going on in your head, drafting down some of the events and activities that you have experienced, from there, and this is the important part, it's actually improving and changing the language glitch that most of us have inside of our brain. That means step one is to draft it. Step two is to craft it. We'll get into that in a second. And step three is to supercharge it. It's to take whatever you have revised and have edited initially as something that was inside of your brain you want to breathe life into this new and revised words that you put on the page. So this is the tool. And I've been asked so many times about what my own protocol is that I thought in this episode I would give you two exercises that you can use for yourself and you can start to uh, implement with your clients and with the people that you are trying to, to coach from a very holistic perspective. Exercise number one is at the sentence level. 
Now, this is something that you can do at any point in time. There isn't a, a, a rhythm to this. It isn't, hey, every morning you need to get up and you need to open your journal with a cup of tea. It's not this. It's on an as-needed basis. And I like that because it removes the pressure of having to start one more thing that I'm supposed to do every single day. Whenever there is a strong emotion that creeps into your head, and quite possibly it repeats itself, I want you to write this down. I want you to tell your client to write this down. Anybody that struggles with perfectionism, anybody that struggles with uh, anxiousness, anybody that struggles with really strong emotions, this is a great drill for them. You capture whatever that thought is with the best language that you can use based on what's in your head. So here's an example. My wife always does this thing to disrespect me. Just write that down. Now, I'm telling you that just writing the thought down does 90% of the work. Here's another one. Man, no, nobody ever recognizes how hard I work. Just writing that down will make it seem so ridiculous what you are telling yourself cognitively. Now, that's just drafting. And a lot of the times, as I mentioned already, that's where people stop. They take that thought and be like, well, yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down in my journal. Yeah, I wrote this story down, and it's totally true. You're just getting started. The next step, which is paramount, is you have to go in like a shrewd and grumpy old English teacher and subtract all of the value judgments from that statement and leave it with just the facts. So in the example sentence that I gave before, my wife is always disrespecting me when she does this. You need to first make it less dramatic. Take out the word always. Instead of my wife is always doing this, just say, hey, my wife does this. By me just saying that, does it change the way that you feel? Most of the time it does. Now, take out the declarative part as well, to disrespect me. Is that true? To a non-biased third party, would they see this the same way that you see it? Probably not. And so the sentence after several revisions and edits could look something like, my wife, possibly unknowingly, is doing this thing that is causing me to feel upset. That sentence goes from being very emotionally charged to being very objective. So you draft it. You craft it by changing some of the language because we have glitches in our heads with the way that we talk to ourselves. And then last but not least, you supercharge it. Now in this example, and this is probably the hardest part, you would go to your wife and you wouldn't say the first version of the sentence unless you want to get in a fight. You would say, hey, babe, maybe unknowingly, when you do this thing, it's making me feel this way. She will respond in some way. Now, possibly whatever she says is going to be really illuminating to you. And this thing that has played in your head a thousand times will now go back into your head as a very, very different story. And so this is a way to take these things that get us worked up, that potentially make us uh, into faulty decision patterns, 
be something that you can address then and there. And brothers and sisters, I do this every single week. It's on an as-needed basis, but it's like I'm my own coach, and it's something that I would highly recommend that you advocate for your own clients. Now, if it's some scenario where there isn't a, a person that's uh, needing to be roped into, the way that you supercharge that is just share the epiphany that you've had along this edit revision or this sentence revision rather. So you have some sentences in your head, man, nobody ever appreciates how hard I work. And you revise that sentence to say, you know, I, I would love to get some of the recognition I deserve. And you share that with somebody, probably what's going to happen is they're going to be like, hey, man, you do work hard. And so supercharging is this concept of actually saying it out loud. It's communicating some of the epiphanies and some of the, the huge light bulbs that you've had through this process. And by just sharing that information, not even looking for a response necessarily from people that care about you, can change your life. It's powerful shit. Now, exercise two, we're going to go from the sentence level to the story level. Now, this is something that you can, you can implement on more of a regular cadence. And at the end of the day, heck, maybe at the end of the week, in some regular occurrence, you're going to capture what I want to call five-second moments. Now, the existentialist in me would say that uh, meaning is relative. That means that uh, if we asked 50 people, they might get you a different answer on what life means. A lot of those answers may mean, or they may say, hey, life doesn't have a meaning. The fact that there's variation there means that you get to ascribe your own meaning to what your life is about. There's whole schools of thought in psychology where this is all about um, creating stories and looking at your life as this sweeping narrative. And we talked about this in previous episodes. This protocol, this practice, this exercise is capturing these really small moments where you felt something, where you learned something, where you potentially saw something that made an impact on you. And I want to explain this just a little bit. For any great story, any great movie for that fact, when you break down the narrative, it usually looks like this. There is this one moment, five seconds, where the character realizes this thing that I'm talking about. The character realizes that he or she's never going to be the same. They realize that what they thought was true is not true. They see something that changes them forever. I'll give you an example. You want an example? Most people think that Jurassic Park is about dinosaurs. And yes, there are dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, but here's what Jurassic Park is about. It's about a guy that doesn't like children. And there is a five-second moment in the movie where he realizes that all that's wrong. And the whole story is building up to that moment. It's a five-second moment in the movie where they're sitting in these trees and he's snuggling with these kids. And this guy at the beginning of the movie was trying to frighten these kids to never, ever come around his dig site. And so the reason that the story is so captivating is because it's this transition from this one version of who you are 
and to this other version of who this guy becomes. And it's beautiful. And all this other stuff is just insulation to that narrative that we really gravitate towards. And with other stories, you can dissect that too, but it's a pretty common theme. And so back to the exercise at hand, what your life means is up to you. But chances are, if you're paying attention, and a lot of times this has to be done in retrospect, there's going to be these light bulb moments. There's going to be interactions that you have with people. There's going to be these sweet little moments with your children, with your spouse, with a friend, with a loved one, where they say something, where you see something. And if you spend just a little bit of time thinking about what that is, it can fill your life with not only meaning, but morals to these stories that you've experienced. And I've found that it's an incredibly rich way to enhance your life. For someone that's having trouble moving the plot of their story forward, chances are you're just not looking hard enough at all the ways that your life is actually pretty awesome, that your life actually has these wonderful stories. And so the way this goes is not to, to spend hours upon hours of dissecting and writing stories, but it's to think for each day, what is that five-second moment? What is the thing today that I want to remember? What is, in the example of Jurassic Park, a story that I could tell about today that starts with the exact opposite of what this thing is that I'm experiencing? And what this has done for our clients and what this has done for me personally is it's created, once again, narrative traction in our life. It's made it much easier to justify things that seem boring, that seem mundane, that seem rote. And ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much what life is. And so it's a way to set goals and then find the momentum through the mundane. And so I'll leave that as a stopping point for this specific mini podcast of one tool, two exercises that you can start to train your mindset and coach better thought patterns. The end.